Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. She's got plops oh, again. She's got she's plops got again. Plops. She's got head plops. Today. Head plops this time. Uh, not holiday plops. Ashton Matthews has actual plops. We hope you feel well soon. Yes. Better, is that right? Hope you feel well soon. Get yeah. better soon. Get well sooner. Yeah. Um, but no, Ashton Matthews is not with us today, unfortunately. Um, so it's just the two of us. Oh. And Billy. And Billy. Who, just of course, the is three here. Of us. Who's almost as far away from the camera as we can get him mm. now now he is just perched on the back of the table look there how he small is. he looks very um makes me look not small <laughs> he does how you doing peter i'm doing all right thank you yeah how are you uh yeah there's a cat in my house there's a cat in your house there is a cat in my i don't have a cat um it appears the cat has us yeah no has just sort of arrived uh, yes this one this this house is this house will do uh mm. this is a cat that was dropped off in a in a bag yeah at my partner's place of work and there was no room in the shelter for the cat to to go to mm. so emergency the cat can stay here overnight turns out the cat is a pretty good cat yeah um it was it's only tiny tiny little cat mm-hmm. it is a pretty small cat and uh, just uh, it, it's just super friendly and mm-hmm. really nice and it squeaks constantly nice it doesn't meow it just sort of squeaks at us and deep, um, deep. you 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 put some food down it squeaks mm. you it looks at the food and go oh yeah that's delicious and then as soon as you move it goes oh there's a person there i'm going to squeak at you and try and trip you up by running between oh. your legs the cat now has a name this is the dangerous <gasps> oh, part oh that's very dangerous the, this is the dangerous part the cat has stayed with us two nights at the time mm-hmm. of recording and so far We've just sort of not given it a name. Now yeah. it has a name. I wanted to call the cat Squeak because right. it squeaks. Mm. Um, but what we've settled on... I had a guinea pig called Squeak. Did you? Yeah. For similar reasons? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've we've decided to go with Pippa. Pippa. As in Pip Squeak. Oh, good. So it still kind of makes sense, but it's quite a nice name for a little cat. Yeah. So we'll see uh, if this sort of temporary situation turns into a far more permanent situation. I yeah. have a horrible feeling... That it will. Uh, it sounds to me like it's already happened. The decision has been made <laughs> yeah, uh, by it, by Pippa. By by Pippa the squeaker. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been my that's been my week basically. My yeah. squeak. Yeah. Uh, or the past couple of days. Okay. Anyway, there's Pip just week. there was a there was no cat on on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday there was a cat, and now there might never not be a cat. Well, yes. When you say it was delivered in a bag, we should say, or at least I'm assuming, it wasn't like tied up in a bin bag to die no it wasn't just it was in a 
it was stuffed in like a shoulder bag, like right. a sports bag. Yeah. And then the guy dropped it off and he changed his story a couple of times. Mm. So that's sus. Yeah. And uh, then he asked for his bag back and left. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So right. it was all round a bit of a horrible situation, but but uh, but the squeaker is being looked after. Excellent. And being force fed uh, anti-flea tablets. So, oh, yeah. so it's all good. It's fine. But that yeah, that's been quite an interesting couple of days. So that has been dominating my time and I haven't had as much time for games as I normally would. But that's, okay. that's why we're here to talk about video games on this video game podcast each and every week. We're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. I have the ad read here. Ashton actually forwarded this to me good, uh, because it was her turn to do a sponsor mm. and she's obviously got plops. Um, it's, it's quite a niche one though, so it's probably best that it came to me because as we know... Ashton Matthews was not alive for much of the 90s. No. And this is very much a 90s related sponsor. Okay. So it may have gone over her head. So it's good that you're here this time. Because when, I, when yeah. I did the Walking with Dinosaurs one, she had no idea what was going well, on. Well, yeah, it's so. a shame. Right. It's the crossover of the century, everybody. Between enjoyers of an upcoming action horror title and 90s BBC decorating show Changing Rooms. Yeah. Launching as DLC that'll swap out the player character. Introducing Lawrence Llewellyn Be Wake. Lawrence Llewellyn Wake. Wake. Okay. So you can now play as Lawrence Llewellyn Wake yeah. in Alan Wake 2, which okay. is coming really soon. And of course, to anyone outside the UK or born after... 2002, mm. you're not going to know what that is. No. You're not going to know what Lawrence, Lawrence Llewellyn Wake is. He still occasionally appears on TV, but Does he? probably people born after 2002 are like, who is this man with a difficult to pronounce name? Yes. Um, is it Llewellyn or does he go for Llewellyn? Because he's, he's English. Just Llewellyn, yeah. Right. Um, but is it just you? So you're wandering around in the dark with mm. a torch, just sort of swishing your swishing your hair and judging the in, the interior decorating, the interior design. Mm. Yeah. It's like that's rubbish. I, I bet I could change that room, mm -hmm. as he said famously in the show Changing Rooms. Yeah, could change that room. Change that room. Um, and he, yeah, he's just going to be. He's just going to no sell all the spookies. Whoa. Like he's, he's just going to think rubbish. Yeah, you're in a rubbish house. Oh. and I could change it probably. Unfortunately, it's not real. Oh, what? as much as I would love that, because we've seen weirder crossovers. Yeah, we have. What are actually. what are Ghostbusters? Nicky Minji. And in, why? Uh, think you can't say it. Like, that was a bit too that, close. I, that did not mean to come out that way. <laughs> I was just sort of doing a let's mix up some of the letters in her surname. Yeah, it's um, a dangerous game. It isn't is it? Yeah, that we, sometimes that, that we play here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've seen some weird crossovers. What are Ninja Turtles? I don't know. Why are they in Warzone? No. How is that still relevant? That's from the eighties. These guys are from the Lawrence Llewellyn. And Bowen was from the 90s, so why he's is, more relevant. Why is Nikki Monge? Is that better? Monge, yeah, Minjaj. Why is Nikki yeah. Minjaj in uh, COD? Don't know. Loves fish. She loves fish. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by that. Unfortunately, it's not real. We are sponsored by our very real patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump if you go there and support us we've got loads of fantastic tiers available the five dollar tier is unbeatable value not only do you get worst games ever two days early weirdest games ever a week early mm. get to ask questions for this podcast and a couple of other things as well you also get exclusive access to new episodes of main menu and rules boss which unfortunately we've had to retire from youtube because youtube is rubbish yeah uh, so if you want to support the things you enjoy and you want to see those they're in a monthly rotation we just shot a rules boss this week it's really daft yeah you'll see that next month yeah it was good um 
Will you see it next month? When does this come out? When is this podcast out? Uh, is it still September when oh, this podcast comes be. out? I'll tell you. November is Rules Boss. October is Main Menu. They come out the first week of each month. Yes, it's September this comes out on the 30th. Okay, so you've got an episode of Main Menu coming out next week. Be very excited, patrons, yeah. um, mm. and, and check it out. Uh, a few things to talk about before we get started. TripleJU.mp is our website, Peter. Yep, that's Everything's right. there. It's all there. Um, except, well, not just, not except, because there is actually a tab for it, but as well as you can go to the shop at triplejumpshop.com. But I think triplejumpshop.com forward slash shop will take you there too. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you go there, you can get all of this exciting merch, such as there's probably still some of this left. Not this one. Not that one. And also not... Not that one. It's Not no longer an exciting one. time to be a gamer. That no. was a timed piece of merch, as was this Barbara shirt. Actually. Yes, that's true. But uh, there are other bits of merch there that you can get. Uh, you can also head to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, which Ben mentioned earlier, uh, with uh, there's loads of different tiers. But for as little as $5, you get loads. You get yeah. podcast related stuff. You get content related stuff. Maybe consider $5. If you're able to, yeah, we'd really appreciate it. And thank you to our wonderful patrons mm -hmm. over there. Um, what's out this week, Peter? It's an episode of Worst Games. If you were a patron, you would have seen it already, maybe, because it comes out on a Friday for patrons. But it's yeah. out on Sunday for everybody else. We're playing C12, mm. which is was quite the experience. Final Resistance is the subtitle. It's a very 90s sounding game. Yeah, mixed um, reviews. But to be fair, only mixed because the top review was stupidly high compared to the comment that they left on the review. Yeah, it so, didn't make any sense. No. Uh, also, this week was the return of the sleepover streams. In yes. case you weren't aware, we've started doing those again once a month at the end of the month. Uh, we will be hopping into Minecraft, at least uh, initially, sorry, and uh, and playing that seven till nine on Twitch, having a couple of drinks, doing some swears. So you can go see the VOD now. Hopefully Ashton Matthews is well enough to join us tonight at the time of recording because we don't know. Didn't we have a great time on Thursday with or without Ashton Matthews? We had a great time. Really yeah. good time and thank you all for joining us mm. we really appreciate you yeah. we want to give a couple of news updates based mm. on stories that we talked about previously and a huge piece of breaking news from today at the time of recording that is not asked about by the question arc uh, uh this yeah. week so we thought we'd just give you an update firstly peter yeah jim ryan to retire as ceo of playstation after 30 plus years at sony breaking Blimey. news this is breaking this happened this morning yeah um uh, so this is a, according to polygon this write-up okay so Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO and President Jim Ryan is retiring from his position leading the PlayStation business, Sony announced Wednesday. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier first reported the news Wednesday afternoon before Sony published its news release. Jason, getting in there. Ryan will step down in March 2020, uh, 2024 after 30 years at Sony and PlayStation. Sony Group Corporation President and Chief Operating Officer Hiroki Totoki will lead Sony Interactive Entertainment as interim CEO starting on April 1st, 2024. Who's the fool there? Ryan <laughs> cited difficulties in striking the right balance between his home in the UK and his job in the US as a factor in his decision mm. to retire. Um, and he also said, I feel humbled at having had the opportunity to lead a company delivering products that touch millions of lives. So That's fair enough. And and I genuinely believe that he is retiring and not being forced out because yeah. PlayStation is he's on top. PlayStation mm -hmm. is doing really well. Yeah. Uh, it's a similar situation. It seems to, uh, I'd say, far more beloved former uh, Sony head Jack Tretton, mm. uh, who and Sean Layden actually was I think a little bit more popular. Yeah. Who stepped down when the when PlayStation was doing really well. Yeah. And they were like, okay. I'm going to quietly back out Go now out on a high. and have, have a nice long rest. Uh, but it will be interesting to see who does 
properly replace him. I think Fraser, our community manager, suggested it might be Herman Holst, who's yeah. currently in charge, I think, of Worldwide Studios. Uh, and he seems an affable chap. Mm -hmm. I think a problem that we had and a lot of other people had in a world of Phil Spencer's and Jackie T's and Sean Layden's, etc. Jeff Keeley's, sure. Uh, there's he really was a, something of a charisma vacuum. And he every time he did an interview, he didn't really. Not that it's important to be a gamer and run a huge organization yeah. like that at that level. You're probably not as invested in the games day to day. But to, you know, outward facing, he didn't seem all that interested in video games. Yeah, it sort of used to feel a bit like you're, you ask your friend what their dad does and they're like, oh, they're CEO of PlayStation. And you're like, wow. And then you meet him and, it, he and it hates is just games. Well, he hates <laughs> games. It's just your friend's dad. Yeah. And he's not. He's not like a CEO of PlayStation or Sony. He He's just a friend's dad. Mm -hmm. That's the vibe he used to give off to me. Seemed nice enough. I imagine that if, if I sort of was forced together with him at a party, I could chat with him yeah. with, about games or not about games and have mm -hmm. an okay time. But yep. uh, yeah, he's no, uh, well, yeah, all, all those people you just mentioned probably outdo him on charisma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, what was it? The, the, it was the the Gran Turismo comment, I think, uh, he will never live down, oh, which yeah. was at some event where they had like, they were celebrating the history, like they were celebrating PlayStation's legacy. Yeah. And they had all these old Gran Turismo games through the years, building up to the current day one at the time. And someone asked him like, what do you think about backwards compatibility and like, you know, giving people access to these games. And I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, who would want to play that? That looks rubbish. Yeah. When talking about the original Gran Turismo. Like the old one, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, fair enough, but also probably not the best line from your from your CEO. It's not always about whether it looks rubbish. It's the fact that it was good at yeah. the time. And it's like, important to people. It's a bit tone deaf, isn't it? Like It is. Yeah. And that that just epitomizes Sony's entire attitude to game preservation it does. as well. So, so that might change. Yeah. Who knows? At least if, if Herman Holst got in there, that's that's a career games man. That's a man mm. who made video games for a long time. He knows what he's doing. Get Mark Cerny up there Mark with, Cerny. with his strange yeah. Joker mannerisms. Mm. He's quite unsettling now man yeah. uh next update is that the cma have provisionally approved microsoft's acquisition of activision blizzard mm. thank god yeah. uh, apparently a date of october the 18th is the deadline for an expected ruling so we may we may have this bloody thing finalized in the next couple of weeks and that is with the caveat that ubisoft gets like exclusive Yes, I don't know how, what they're calling it, like a license to the you know, streaming rights, the streaming or right, or distribution. No, I think they're selling the rights to them. It's not just a license. Yes, they did they buy it. Actually, that that has to go to them as part of the deal. I'm like, still waiting to to find some sort of write up where someone can explain to me why and how this works. Yeah, uh, because I'm like I'm really confused by it still. And every single like podcast I've listened to or write up I've read is ambiguous or they're confused too about mm. the intricacies of this. But hell, if it goes through and we can stop talking about it yeah. and we can start saying, hey, next Call of Duty is going to be on Game Pass, yeah. then that will be that will be A-OK -okay with me. That's, mm -hmm. that's at least something positive. My understanding, and I am not qualified to understand it at all, is simply that like the i think basically the cma didn't want that to be part of the deal they're like you can acquire all the rest of it but we don't want you to acquire that so i think mm. they're saying like if you just sell that to someone else and i think ubisoft just happened to be interested yeah i, I guess like it could have been anyone but that has to go to somebody else so that you don't own everything 
yeah. is, is, I think, again, paraphrasing massively. But that's sort of what I think is is going on there. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, as we talked about before, does Ubisoft then just do what yeah. <laughs> Microsoft tells them? I don't... I'm still not very sure about how no, that works. But uh, there we are. That's that. That's a good update. And finally, the last update before we get to the first question. Yes, we've got Unity partly walking back the pricing structure change. So yeah. this is, uh, we talked about this last week, the, the absolute flip storm of what Unity announced. Uh, according to PC World, the free tier of the Unity engine will not automatically charge game developers a fee for every installation of games developed with it. In addition, the terms applying this fee to games retroactively, possibly setting the bar for the change in possibly uh, possibly setting the bar for the charge impossibly low for thousands of titles already on the market um that's now gone mm-hmm. uh so the runtime fee changes will only be applied following the next major release of the unity uh, game engine and that won't come until 2024 so unity were even saying we're going to try and make sure that older builds of unity will still be available to everyone who wants to stick with an older version if you upgrade then Anything that you make on that going forward uh, is what you might be charged on. Um, Other controversial aspects of the new fee structure are still in place, though. Per installation fees will remain for new games that earn more than $1 million in a 12-month period, with an option to swap out this revenue model for a rather steep 2.5% revenue share scheme. I think it's whichever is better for the developer, whichever is cheaper for them. Uh, That fee will be based on the estimated numbers of users engaging with the published game on a per-month basis. And along with the user installation numbers, these will be self-reported. The self-reporting concession sidesteps many of the issues that developers had with how users will be... uh, had with how users would be calculated, uh, like reinstallations, game streaming, or games offered on multiple platforms. Mm. So... Basically, I think they realized, oh, this is really bad. And they've just, this this is not what they were probably going to do originally, I don't think. Right. I think they were probably going to do maybe not the worst case scenario that everyone was was kind of worrying about, but something in between these two models is perhaps what they were going for, something a bit more aggressive. And now I, I suspect they've seen the massive backlash and thought, okay, let's just tweak couple of these things that we can get away with tweaking and say, oh, no, you just didn't understand what we said in the first place. This yeah. is what we meant. Yeah. I, I've, they've, they've ruined their reputation. Yeah, it's there's, really bad. There's no... All of the developer chatter on Twitter is still like, we can't trust you. Yeah, because what are they going to do next? Yeah, what are you've done that. You've pulled this now, yeah. so what will you do next? And also, this is still not as good as no. it was. Yeah. This is this is better than what you were suggesting, but it's still bad. Yeah. And they obviously have every right to to do this as the platform holder. Do what they want, but... But they have to deal with the consequences yeah. of that, and th- that is kind of dire in this situation mm-hmm. in that... I really feel for all the the people who are making games currently on Unity and it's too late to course correct. I would be interested to hear from from like indie studios and developers who would normally go and work with Unity uh, about whether or not they will even bother commencing with that engine yeah. going forwards. Like the next next production cycle, would you take the risk or mm. would you just go somewhere else? Yeah. I'd just yeah. go somewhere else. And how easy is it to move over to a different engine if uh, either if you're halfway through a game, although that shouldn't now 
be a concern given mm. what they've said. Uh, or if you've got an established franchise that was on Unity and you're used to when the next one comes out, kind of doing a bit of copying and pasting and then changing it. Mm. Uh, you know, if you're then going to have to change completely for a, for a sequel, then uh, I wonder how difficult that will be yeah. for some developers. Very true. Well, there you go. There's a few updates for you. Mm. Uh, we didn't want to leave those unsaid because sometimes news breaks the day of the podcast. Yeah. And mm. we don't normally do a news section, but if we're not being asked about it, we'd sort of have to just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. And that's no good. No. Should we do question one? Let's. This is from Rock Reese, who says, Hey, BAP. It's actually just BP today. Yes. I'm sure we can all agree that this is already one of the all-time best years for video ga games. Games. It really has never been a better time... To, to be, be a, a gamer. gamer, Peter's showing his cool shirt he that he's got the there. there. says gamer, very yeah. good. Uh, I personally feel that Zelda does not have a place for game of the year, but I've seen people convinced that it that as it's called Zelda, it may be a contender and maybe win. Um, I can't help but feel that if T uh, Tears of the Kingdom was instead the sequel to Immortals Phoenix Rising, that it really wouldn't have been that respected and praised with how much is used from the previous game from six years ago. Not to bash Zelda, but do you think that the gaming industry and or, and or us, the gamers, have a bias to game name and recognition of accomplishment on this basis? Thank you, Rock Reese. Thank you. Um... I'm surprised that you think it's not even a contender for Game of the Year. I mean, it has been a good year for games, but uh, I wouldn't say that there are, you know, that many more ga that many games that are significantly better than Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, it's not fair for me to say, given that I've not played it, but I've certainly mm. heard many, many, many good things and many happy customers talking about that game. Um, and I, I would also argue that perhaps Immortals: Phoenix Rising is is slightly harsh in terms of. Uh, a comparison. A comparison. But I understand the point that you're making. Yes, and uh, that was a good game as well. That wasn't. That was not a bad game. Yeah, Immortals uh, Phoenix Rising. It was just a bad name. Immortals of it? Avium, whatever it is. They got sued by uh, Monster Energy. Energy was it? Or, yeah. or threatened. Gods and Monster. Monsters is such a such a good name. But yeah. never mind. Um, but Rock Reese, I do actually agree with you partially with your point. I think that um, in gaming and in other spheres as well, uh, there is sometimes a uh, sort of concessions are made or, or people like something more simply because of the name and the brand. And you could take exactly the same game and if you just change the name of things, change the look of a couple of the characters, uh, but it plays exactly the same, you might still say that's a really good game immortals 2 or whatever mm. uh but because it's called zelda on the switch then that's you know some people just enjoy that more uh it sort of reminds me of when you go to um uh like a modern art museum mm -hmm. and someone has just punched a hole in a black canvas or something and it's called kyle yeah and you're like oh man i could have done that i think there's a book called why your five-year-old could not have done this <laughs> and it's like modern art explained or something okay. and i kind of feel like because it was done by david modern art the famous <gasps> artist david modern art yeah you know david modern art that really famous and successful yeah, modern artist i do because he punched the hole in the canvas mm. people are far more uh interested and respectful of it than if i punched a hole in a canvas and right. ended up on a wall right and I think there's a, a, I think that's an extreme kind of analogy, but I I would agree. I don't know if I've got any more to add to that, but I think people do sometimes uh, get more excited for 
what could effectively be the same product simply because of the brand. But then on the other hand, you know, Legend of Zelda has worked very hard uh, over many, many, many years to establish an excited fan base. Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, it doesn't just come from nothing. Um, uh, or on the other hand, sometimes it does. And, you know, you have games like Hi-Fi Rush come out of nowhere. Yeah. People are excited about Baldur's it. Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Uh, they get, well, I mean, Baldur's Gate, again, the name, the name is... It has something behind it, I guess. It, it's not extent. a new IP, not, but it, but not in, yeah. To, in terms of the mainstream success yeah. it's got now, but um, you know something like Hi-Fi Rush drops out of nowhere. It's a new IP. People get really excited. Doesn't matter that it's a new IP. Uh, you you can have a very successful, very popular game uh, without the the sort of the backing of an established yeah. name that people get. But if they had for. if they had Link in Hi-Fi Rush, well, and yeah. it was called Zelda Rush, would it have been even better? Would have been Game of the Year. Yeah. But on the other end of the spectrum, mm. you you slap a Kratos model in War God Zeus of Child, yeah. and it doesn't get reviewed very well, no, even though true. it's got the War God in it. Yeah, that's it's got true. Zeus of Child yeah. in it, and people people still didn't like it. Yeah. Um, no, that's I, I totally get what Rock Reese is 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 saying here. I. I I personally think it's going to be between Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah, I think it's very much a contender. In, in the Game of that. the Year uh, sweepstakes. Um, this was my first time playing a Zelda game, and I it's it's a scary franchise and game to talk ill of yes. because the fan base is so enthusiastic. Mm. And I really liked it. I can see how it's an exceptional game, but I was also very frustrated by it in a number of ways and that's as a newcomer and obviously if you played breath of the wild you're going to understand those systems mm. a lot more but even as i made my way further into the game and got used to those systems i was still quite frustrated by a lot of mechanics and systems that didn't feel particularly fluid and i do think that there there is an aspect of the zelda name that that lets it get a pass and or any I'm, other big franchise or not, any not other big franchise zelda, yeah. exactly and and i'm I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm all right with that. But but it is it would be interesting if you took Link out and you put someone else in. Well, actually, here's an example. Yeah. Um, what's it called? The series Darksiders. All I could think of was War Mastered Edition, which <laughs> is all I associate yeah. Dark Siders with. A franchise I've never gotten into. Mm. But Darksiders 2, people really liked it. And it reviewed in the 80s, I think, uh, on Metacritic. And there were a lot of comparisons to Zelda. Comparisons that would have gone over my head as someone who's never really played mm. Zelda games. But nonetheless, Zelda fans were like, hey, this is kind of like Zelda. If you put Link in there, would it have scored higher? Mm. It, with with the game exactly as it was, yeah. warts and all? Honestly, probably. Because, as you say, it it is a Zelda game. And that gives it a boost. Mm. Just like maybe it's not so much the case with Call of Duty anymore because they don't really care about review scores. They'll yeah. just keep minting money. Um, the, the Last of Us, for example. Last of Us Part 2, very divisive. Some people don't like it because they're transphobes and some people don't like it because they genuinely don't like it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But because of the hype behind it... Homophobes, actually. Homophobes? Was there a tra even a trans character? There was a trans character in there. I've forgotten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was some... It, it really... also don't like homosexuality oh yeah absolutely there was there was some really ugly criticism for that game but some people genuinely just don't like the gameplay and that's totally okay that's understandable but i would argue as well similar to zelda that because of the name recognition and the presentation alone that game was unlikely to ever average below yeah. like 90 percent because mm. it just like it just couldn't if that makes sense yeah we're obviously big fans of it 
But we're very aware, extra, more aware than you could possibly imagine, that there's a large number of people who don't like that mm. game. But as I said, because of the because of the branding, because of the name, because of the presentation, uh, I personally like that could not have scored, it could not have scored any lower than it did. Yeah. But if it was, if it was a completely different person that you were playing as in a completely different story, but the mechanics are all the same and hell, the presentation was the same. I think it would say, you know, reviewers would say, this looks great, but God, like it's, it's really long mm. and you know, you'll, you'll just be like viciously murdering it's things. very but, brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's kind of, it's a bit much, honestly, it's a bit much. Mm. And, yeah. and that would probably be the, the true criticism there. So I think it, it applies to, as you said, all big franchises. There's always an element of that. It just so happens that Tears of the Kingdom is very good. Um, and yes, it obviously does use a lot of stuff from Breath of the Wild, but yeah. it's a you know, it's a sequel. I get it. Yeah, you know, I understand it. And as a new player, I've never played the first one, mm -hmm. so that's fine. But interestingly, it, in a way, it works in the other sort of direction as well. Particularly if you're sort of re doing a soft reboot, you look at Saints Row. Yes, that's a that's a big name as a franchise, mm -hmm. has a big established fan base. People were very excited for Saints Row, and it came along, and because it didn't quite nail certain things down. I mean, you you enjoyed it. You and Ashton both did, had, yeah. had a good time. But, yeah. you know, generally across the board, it's not gone down particularly well. You can't just launch any old thing and stick a big name on it and say, hey, here it is, this thing that you like, yeah. and expect it to do well. So it's not it's not sort of a, a, a kind of a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, no. For, for a, again, it's not a bad game, Saints Row, but, you know, it, hypothetically, if a bad game came out and it was called Zelda, um, people wouldn't just say, well, it's Zelda, so it's still good. Um, if it was actively a very bad game. Yeah. I mean, what about those uh, those Zelda games on the CDI or whatever it is? Yeah. You know, that's those are bad Zelda games. And also, there have I don't think there has ever been a truly terrible Zelda game, but no. there have certainly been Zelda games that, that haven't set the world on fire. Like, there's a number of DS Zelda games that are still really good, but they're not game of the year contenders, mm. you know. So it doesn't it doesn't always apply. But then you could argue, did those get higher review scores than they should have done? Even yeah. though they ended up in like the low to mid eighties. Other franchises illustrate the point better, I think. Something like yeah. Sonic, which you know did well to begin with, mm. and then sort of has had a lot of duds yes. since then. Um, I think these days, as long as you have a base level of performance quality mm. and you're a big franchise, you're probably gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon has increasingly come under fire because of its performance. Mm -hmm. But if they manage to release it bug-free, there's a good chance that, that that series would have continued to just get really good review scores yeah. for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. uh, but now they're under a microscope, so the pressure's yeah. on. But there we are. You know, it's a, it's a contentious one to talk about, but I'm sure people will be letting us know in uh, very good, respectful language in the comments below what they reckon yeah. about, uh, about games getting a little boost from their name recognition. Mm. Shall we move on to a section we've never done before, please? Let's, yeah. While Ashton's not here, why don't we enjoy chatting about the games we've been playing in a section called What We Play In. Ooh. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about the games what we have been playing. Peter, what have you been playing, please? It might be a quiet What We Play In section, given that you've had Cat. I have had Cat. And I've had, I've been binge watching a true crime series with my <laughs> wife. Have you worked out who done it yet? Uh, well, that's the question. It's a two series thing. We rewatched the first series. Second mm. series has just come out as well. And uh, there's a whole curveball. This guy got convicted and now it's like, but did he? Mm. Did he do it? Did he? Well, you'll have know. to tell us next week. I'll let you know when I've finished it. What we watch him. But I have played something this week. I have played through the entirety of Separate Ways with um, Oh, amazing. Ada Wong. 
Um, Yada Wong. Well, um, do you remember? So I talked about this last week. I only played a tiny bit of it because it had launched at like midnight the day before we recorded. Mm. Uh, I played maybe half an hour. And I said, so far, I, I, I don't know if maybe the voice acting is a bit better, a bit more emotion in it. Admittedly, I'd only heard perhaps, you know, 10 voice lines up to that point. Mm -hmm. No sooner had I gone back to the game and booted it up, she was, I'm trying to remember what she said now. I kept trying to commit it to memory and the way that she said it. But um, mm -hmm. it was something like, uh, I was in the village and people were like coming at me. And then she got onto the radio to Wesker and she said, um, it's quite the party here. I wonder what's got them so riled up. <laughs> something like that oh like the inflection God. wasn't even right let alone the emotion oh, see, the, like, yeah that's the thing yeah, not only does she sound bored it's, it is the inflection it's yeah. like she's she's reading it aloud for the first time yeah. under her breath it, really weird it was really I was like there was no way that was the take that they went with she was like I wonder what's got them so riled up I was like, what? Just trails off at the end. Yeah, it was really bad. Bizarre, um, bizarre. Anyway, it plays well. You get a couple of sort of new weapons. Uh, there's a couple of new bosses and enemies. Mostly, well, pretty much entirely visit revisiting the same locations, but in sort of a different order and doing different things. So right. that's all a lot of fun. Um, I'll do a... There's one thing that really took me by surprise that I really enjoyed. And if you want to play separate ways and you don't want to hear anything about it, mute the thing for the next 10 seconds are you happy to hear ben yeah sure it's, it's something from the first ga the original game okay that, um so in the original resi 4 there was this very silly bit where leon was going down a corridor and all these laser lines were coming at him okay. and he had to do these quick time events and he was like flipping and like doing ballet over the top of it and stuff yeah. ridiculous somersaults that didn't make it into the remake okay but it's now in separate ways, and Ada is doing it. Okay, and she's better suited because she's very flip, flip de loopy. Yeah, sure. Leon, Leon's kind of he's he's kind of muscular. It's it's strange. Yeah. It would be strange seeing him do that. Um, but I was like, oh, it's back. They did it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was nice to see. Amazing. It's safe. You can you can listen now. You can take them out. Yeah. Can you hear? Hello. Hello. You put you can put your headphones back in now. Um. So th that's all I played though this week. Okay. Um, so I finished it. Uh, it's about. Four hours long, five hours long. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe it might be something we stream at some point. Yeah, maybe that'd be not. cool. I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not spending any money on any it. Any money on it. I'm wasting any time on it. Yeah. Uh, I, last night, played a little bit of Minecraft oh. with friend of the channel, Patrick Fenn, formerly of Gearbox oh, Software, who helped us out with uh, a number of things early on in the channel's life cycle. You mm -hmm. may remember seeing Pat and some content. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he asked if I wanted to have a catch up and we hopped on a PlayStation call and I went into his realm. Whoa. He's got a realm. Minecraft realms. And my God, him and a few friends have been working on this server for two years. Right. Right. And he took me on a tour and I flip you not. I was on the tour for an hour and three quarters. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. The stuff they've built, it's it's in peaceful, but it is in um, survival mode, yeah, right? Like yeah, so resources. you have to mine everything yourself. He's got this massive, ridiculous sorting hopper. It's basically like a theme park. Mm -hmm. There's, um, to, to give you an illustration, but there's all sorts of different areas that they built and then they focus on a new area and they go to that. Uh, to give you an illustration of how big it is, he said, um, right, you got a mine cart. And I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to hop on here and we're going to go, uh, in fact, no, let's not go this way. 
Um, we'll go into the nether and we'll hop on it there because that ride only takes five minutes in the yeah, nether. Yeah, because that only takes five minutes uh, in the nether. Above ground, it would be a 15-minute minecart yeah, ride. Yeah, because it's three times faster in the nether. All the way to the other end of the park where there was a gigantic castle that they but like, oh he God. unbelievably huge. It was seriously impressive, the stuff you could do in Minecraft. Um, and he's got like these big pixel art renditions of certain characters mm -hmm. around to, to make the minecart rides a bit more interesting while right. you go. It's, um, it's unreal. All, all done in survival mode, um, which just puts to shame any efforts I've ever put into yeah. Minecraft. And I assume the efforts we will be putting in on the sleepover stream because the houses will be made of maybe two types of wood if we're feeling Ooh. fancy. These were bloody mansions. It's um, unreal what was going on in there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, very impressive. Wow. Mainly, though, pre-cat, yep. I played a lot of Lies of P. Oh, yes, of course you did. I am now in the final area of Lies of P, mm. which I feel extremely proud of because last week when I was talking about it, I did say that I don't know how far through I can get because I feel like I might, I feel, I, I was feeling like I might end up with egg on my face because I was singing its praises and mm. saying how good it was. And then I hit a brick wall with a really tough boss oh, and I was getting very mad, mm. like really mad. And uh, so I managed to beat that boss eventually. Right. And then from there on, um, I, I've sort of, it's not been easy, but like, I've I've been doing it like I've been getting I've, cross. I've not been getting as cross. There have been a couple of bosses where I've been thinking this is stupid, mm. uh, but on the whole, it's a really good game. And when I was and just to make myself feel a, even more good about myself, when I was googling, this is one of those things you do when you get really cross with games. Yeah, you like search. You put Reddit as the first word and you go, stupid flipping difficulty spikes in this game that I hate. Yeah. And then it'll it'll show a load of threads from, from Reddit of people saying, oh, this is stupid, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, it is stupid. Yes, it is. It is stupid. Um, when I was doing that, a few articles popped up and uh, a couple of them said, the, the new game that's tormenting Souls-like players, Lies of P, is way harder than, than any game from software's ever made. And I was like, oh. Is it? Mm. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if I get absolutely minced by the final boss when All I right. get there. But I played for maybe 30 minutes yesterday mm. and I managed to go from one bonfire. They're not called bonfires. Yeah. Uh, open up a couple of shortcuts, get to the next bonfire and easily clear out all the enemies in the area and pick up all the items um, before I then hopped on to Minecraft for my date mm, with Pat. Yeah. Uh, and like I had no difficulty there. So I'm I'm get like my character's good slash I'm getting better at the game. Yeah. But there is a real there's still a real disparity between just working your way through the levels and occasionally bumping into a hard enemy and oh here's a boss that will kill you for three hours. Mm. There is still a massive difference there. Right. Uh, so we'll see how I get on. But I am closing in on the end. Hopefully I can finish it this weekend. Mm. And that's what I've been playing. Mm, amazing. Uh, well, Ashton's not here right now. No. But I believe she has been doing a bit of forecasting. Got a trained meteorologist. This week. By. All prepped. So we can probably go straight on over to our trained meteorologist now. Here's the gaming forecast. It's the spookiest time of year again, but you don't need to be scared there's nothing to play because once again, it's busy, busy, busy in the gaming world with the month beginning with Ubisoft's newest edition in the Assassin's Creed series with Assassin's Creed Mirage. 
You'll play as Basim during the golden age of Baghdad, parkouring and murdering your way through the pretty beautiful city. Boasting a smaller narrative-driven adventure than the series' most recent entries, this might be the return to one that a lot of OG series fans were looking for even with the strange teleporting mechanic. Assassin's Creed Mirage launches on PC, PlayStation and Xbox Series on October 5th. Nintendo have got Switch gamers covered with their brand new side-scrolling adventure in the form of Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Explore through the Flower Kingdom with up to four players, local or online, using new power-ups to take on different forms or powers to get through the stages, including turning Mario and friends into an elephant for some reason. Find the wonder flower in each stage to make anything happen and mix up the way the stage plays. Super Mario Bros. Wonder launches on Switch on October 20th. Also launching October 20th is the third game in the Marvel Spider-Man franchise, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Starring the Spider-Men Peter Parker and Miles Morales, we're heading back to New York to thwip and pow your way through Craven the Hunter's goons, and I'm sure a few Venom-based enemies too. With new symbiote powers and the ability to swap between the two characters, this should give fans of the other two games lots to sink their pointy Venom teeth into. Spider-Man launches exclusively on PlayStation. Lots of other games on the horizon in two, with Detective Pikachu Returns coming to Switch on the 9th, Forza Motorsport on Xbox on the 10th, City Skylines 2 on PC on the 24th, along with Just Dance 2023 on the Switch the same day, and Sonic Superstars running onto everything on October 17th. And lastly, we have an actual spooky game for October in the form of Alan Wake 2 the sequel to the successful 2010 survival horror game. Following both the titular Alan Wake, who just so happens to have been trapped in a nightmare for 13 years, and an FBI agent investigating ritualistic murders in the small town it's set, who are both lucky enough to have something horrible that wants them dead. Get your flashlights at the ready and prepare for antlered baddies on PS5, PC and Xbox series on October 27th. Thanks, Ashton. Thank you, Ashton. Hope you feel well soon. Yes. Here's question two. It's from Chris McVeigh, who says, Hi, BAP slash BP. The developers of Payday 3 have announced they're looking into enabling an offline mode for the game following its disastrous launch, leaving aside the fact that modders have already discovered this functionality in the game's code. Whoops. Do you think it's possible for games to overcome the bad press of a bad launch? I find it difficult to think about games like Diablo 3, Fallout 76, Gran Turismo 7, Cyberpunk, of course, and so on, without thinking about how balked those games all were at launch. If Payday 3 becomes playable offline weeks after its original launch, will that be enough to get some goodwill back, or has the damage already been done? Mm. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Um, I think it is, uh, I think you're right that probably these games never shake the association of that had a bad launch, that was a bad game at launch, or that had such and such issue. Um, But that's not to say they can't then move forward from that, improve, get better. I mean, look at Cyberpunk. That's apparently, you know, almost now in a state where uh, it's kind of what they wanted it to be, and they've released the DLC. And people are celebrating it because of that as well. Exactly. Um, And the same with um, No Man's Sky. That's another one that comes to mind. Uh, That did not have a good launch for not necessarily technical reasons, but for deception reasons. Uh, And again, now is apparently a really, really good experience for people who are still playing it. Um, You get a lot of people singing its praises. You could even argue perhaps the same for Fallout 76, which uh, has had a lot of content added 
uh, in sort of in hindsight, um, NPCs, for example, how it, how novel. Well, they they don't. We don't need those in Fallout. Games. No, we don't. And we um, didn't. And we still don't. We still do not take them out. So I think it's possible to kind of come back from a bad launch, um, but that's not to say that you ever shake the association. Mm. Um, I I'm reminded as well of the because uh, the, the thing is that you. It's it's hard work that a developer then has to put in, or perhaps a, a publisher as well, in part, um, that they wouldn't have had to have done if they'd perhaps had the good launch in the first place. So mm. that's where they really are at a loss. And I'm reminded of when the Halo Master Chief Collection uh, launched with almost unplayable multiplayer. Yes. Um, and then as an apology, they added Halo ODST, which... As far as we're aware, they were never planning on adding in the first place. Maybe they were planning on adding it, but they were going to charge for it. But they added it for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's obviously a lot of work that must have gone into creating ODST as an extra thing. It's only a small game, so it's not like actually translating one of the original main series games. Uh, But that's a lot of work, a lot of man hours or woman hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's money that they're not necessarily going to recuperate in the same way than uh, they would have done if they'd launched with a good multiplayer so certainly the developers will still be at a loss uh, to an extent um, but it's possible to at least come back and create a good experience going forward even if you don't necessarily shake the association yeah uh, I agree. Just to give you guys some context, 68% of the nearly 25,000 user reviews are now thumbs down. Yes. So people are very cross and people were very excited about this. I think one of our editors, Alex, is a big Payday fan mm. and he's been uh, loudly voicing his frustrations with all this. It's such a shame and it does sort of... Uh, we're kind of out the loop because neither of us really, we don't play Payday no. and we've not been too privy to what's been going on here and, and so on. But based on what I've read, it sounds like they had some sort of third party matchmaking stuff that just hasn't worked. So I, to an extent, I feel really sorry for the devs because they've been working on this for ages and it comes out and it's broken yeah. and seemingly fundamentally the game works. If there's offline code as well, that's unfortunate, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, and, uh, so far, though, it seems that they're going to try and fix it rather than do offline. There's a quote here I've got. Uh, we have not started working on an offline mode today, but we are keen on finding the best possible solutions to improve the player experience. So it's definitely on the table, said Starbreeze. Multiple parts are currently being evaluated from an experience and implementation perspective, and we'll share more information when we have a clearer commitment. So you may not get an offline mode. No. Obviously, it's a shame it's not there, and you would obviously want that if the online servers are completely balked. Um, but yeah, you may—they've not given a firm commitment to that, so we'd, there's no way of knowing for sure at the moment. But there's a chance. I feel like Payday Three isn't a hugely mainstream title. Mm. And they can't really afford to piss off their user base. I think another quote from from one of the guys at Starbreeze was that they know that they've let people down and they're going to work and they know that they've got a long road ahead to to, to sort of regain trust right. and regain the commitment of their players. So I truly believe that they are really going to do everything in their power to make this right and, and make it work. But it may just be that you can't really play Payday 3 for a little while. Yeah. So what do they do in that situation? Do they... Do, do they let their player base dissipate until they're ready for them to come back? And then how do they communicate that? Mm. How, how do people, is it just going to be word of mouth? Like, oh, by the way, payday works now. 
this is like disastrous for them. And even if you do hear that payday works now, are you gonna want to come back? Yeah, at exactly. That point? Are you burned? Are, are you are you too annoyed? I mean, if you paid money, you could get a refund, I mm. suppose. But like, yeah, really unfortunate situation. I I believe payday three will be in a really good place probably in a few months' time. Mm-hmm. It's just awful for players and the developers that it's just buggered. Right and as now. you say, it's a shame that there is actually some offline code in there that that's always it's always a tease isn't it it's always a bit yeah. hard to find that kind of stuff out but uh yeah i don't know i i wonder like why i guess you know you when a game is finished you end up with thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of code mm-hmm. so you can't necessarily go through with a fine tooth comb and say oh maybe we should just let's just take this out put it somewhere else because you they must know that yeah. almost any game that goes out nowadays people are going to delve into that and find things like that um mm-hmm. so that it's going to frustrate people i think when they're like oh you clearly thought about this but you just didn't give it to us but yeah and also that's almost certainly ta- a line of code that's taken out of context as well because god yeah. knows at what point that would have been abandoned well know? exactly like it, it might it might have been malicious they might have like started that way back and then thought oh no this is we this isn't going to work. We don't have the time to do this. It's not mm. like they thought like, oh, we could very easily implement this, but let's just take it away for now for yeah. some reason. Um, if someone puts up a video tomorrow and says, I've got it working in offline mode and all I had to do is change one line of code, then yeah. that would be very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. sorry to Payday fans. Hopefully things yeah. improve for you soon. Mm. It's time to get a little bit strange in here. It is. It's time to get a little bit breaking. It was not always breaking. Uh, yeah. News. Uh, weird, news oh, weird news. Yeah. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you would like to submit some weird video game news to us, you can do so in the relevant social media post that goes out on a... Tuesday. 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 And if you would like to guarantee a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump supporters at a certain tier and become a podcast producer just like G.Y. Goliath, Nicole Hansen, Duncan Wilson, Katie Garrett, Eric Sue, Potato Shack 99, Gav OB, Melody L. Bonnet, Nexus Polaris, Gabrielle Philippink, Blake Thomas, Mike Key, and Janet 
Wicks. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you so much. Uh, you got some weird news there. I got some weird news here. It was sent in uh, via Twitter from Cameron J. Keyword at Cameron underscore Keyword. It's according to Nottinghamshire.police.uk. Oh. Apparently. I didn't notice that. I just right from the, the horse's URL. mouth. Yes. Jail for a man who blew £60,000 of his grandfather's life savings on mobile games. Oh, oh dear. This is going to be a sad one, isn't it? It this is. This is going to be one of those this is why gaming addiction clinics need to be taken seriously kind of things. Yeah. A man has been jailed after he stole his grandfather's life savings to fund his addiction to mobile gaming. Oh, man. Jamie Cross, age 37, fraudulent, fraudulently transferred £60,300 over the space of a year and spent it on hundreds of in-game purchases, also called microtransactions, says Nottinghamshire mm. Police. Such purchases can provide a tactical advantage to the gameplay and typically include extra lives, character upgrades, and new weapons. I love... I love when you get the angle of like gaming news from a non-gaming outlet. Yeah. It's always fantastic. Cross of Hazelgrove, Mansfield, Woodhouse, spent nearly all of his grandfather's savings after becoming addicted to playing games on his phone during the COVID-19 pandemic. He accessed his grandfather's money after setting up a bank account on his uh, banking app on his behalf to help him make online purchases during lockdown. However, Cross used the app to transfer huge sums into his own account to fund his spiraling addiction. Uh, Cross was found out when his grandfather noticed his accounts were severely depleted. When interviewed by detectives, Cross admitted his offending, uh, admitted his offending, explaining that he started by spending £100 on the odd occasion, but this soon grew to over £1,000 a day as his oh addiction became worse. He also told officers he took up gaming as it was a release for him following a relationship breakup. He was jailed for two years on the 12th of September after pleading guilty to fraud by false representation. And following the sentencing, Detective Constable Chris Underwood of Nottinghamshire's Police Fraud Investigation Unit urged people to heed the warning signs of gaming addiction so that they do not fall into crime. That's just really sad, isn't it? Yeah. That's um, really sad. It is really sad. It says at the bottom of the article, and uh, I would reiterate this information and nhs advice on how to seek treatment for gaming addiction can be found at the national center for gaming disorders cnwl.nhs.uk yes so. do get assistance if you need it and if you identify it in others try to offer them some help as yes well. so it is a sad story but it is also odd unusual. yeah it's weird it's a surprise it's a weird um, one that someone has spent that much money of their grandfather's life savings that is the extreme far end of the scale there yeah um god well hopefully he gets help yeah in prison yes don't know that he will no don't know how the prison system works to no. be honest but mm -hmm. uh yeah fingers crossed yeah I've got, got some weird news i've got some weird news don't worry i'll bring us i'll bring us a bit lighter i'll bring us back up this is from dave cooper on facebook and it's from nichegamer.com. War Thunder user leaks restricted military documents for AH-64D Apache Longbow. Not again. They've done it again. The saga continues. War Thunder has leaked restricted military documents again for the third time in a month. This time it's the AH-64D Apache Longbow attack helicopter. User BarterG98PL posted the fully unclassified technical manual for the Apache Longbow on the War Thunder forums. 
War Thunder players are increasingly testing the waters for what restricted information means and are <laughs> it's restricted and are posting unclassified documents that still have some big caveats. In the case of the Eurofighter Typhoon DA7, the documents were readily available for most consumers but are embargoed for non-NATO uh, embargoed to non-NATO countries. The F117 Nighthawk was a similar case of documents acquired legally but are restricted under certain circumstances. The case for the AH64D Apache Long, I don't know how I say that, 64D, Apache Longbow is a bit stronger though, as the leaked document allegedly includes a big DOD and DOD contractors only warning all over it. Uh, there is God's sake. an embedded screenshot uh, from a community, from <laughs> presumably a very tired community manager. Yeah. Hello. This document is still clearly marked DOD and DOD contractors only. This means it is export restricted and cannot be used. Please fully read the rules before trying to claim something is safe to use. Uh, export restriction still applies, meaning it should not be shared or used without legal permission. I'm surprised there's that much to talk about. Like that, that Why does this happen that often? They, Do they really just spend all day talking about specs and stuff? I like, assume so. But, it's like... If if model if trains were weaponized, yeah. can you imagine? I mean, if you love trains, mm. we love you. That's great. But imagine your 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 sort of invented model train enthusiast mm. who's got all the kits and he knows what they all look like, and maybe he goes and looks at trains on a Sunday. Yeah, like he stands on the bridge and looks at them. Someone posts on trainforums.com the yeah. the flying. I think they said Dutchman Scotsman yes. is uh, is is rubbish and should only have. Six spokes on its wheel, not eight. And he goes, "Well, actually, mm. I've got these documents yeah. because I've got contacts because I'm a I'm a train head. Mm. That's what it's like for military fighter, yeah, B aircraft. I assume and yeah. and tanks, basically anything with war in front of it. Mm -hmm. People go mental for it. They do. Um, bunch of nerds, basically. That's what that's what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, bunch of nerds who uh, don't care so much for national security." No, um, I doubt anything harmful has ever come from any of that. No, I mean, I also Because if think, those documents are available, yeah, I'm sure people in non-NATO countries could probably get them. They must have, just because it's like, oh, by the way, these are embargoed for non-NATO countries. You mustn't look. Oh, well, I'm sure they don't have them then. Yeah. Um, They'll look at that and go, oh, damn. Oh, I can't look at that. No, it's rubbish. Well, it's time to move on to something rather large. It is called the big discussion. It is. It's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Retro Robin. Retro Thank you, Robin. Retro Robin. Twiddle deep. Hi, BP. That's Beta Postin there. Modern Vintage Gamer has discovered, that's a YouTube channel, has discovered a prototype for the unreleased game Crash vs. Spyro Racing for the original... Xbox, I assume. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and video game preservation as a whole. With the continued shift towards all digital and the prospect of cloud gaming being an end goal, e.g. the Xbox leak, I'm concerned we'll enter an era where preservation of newer titles will become all the more difficult, if not impossible, in the next decade. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Robin. I've got a write-up here from The Gamer. Mm -hmm. YouTuber, modern vintage gamer. Gamer? Yes, has uncovered an unreleased Crash vs. Spyro racing game for the original Xbox. Developed by Argonaut in 2003 to 2004, this crossover never saw the light of day as the studio unfortunately closed down. However, 20 years later, we now have a glimpse at gameplay and intro cinematic featuring the two platforming mascots and the title screen. When digging through a hard drive from a development kit featuring two Eutechnics games... Do we know Eutechnics? Have they made some stinkers? Yeah. Are they Police Racer? 
Are they London Racer? They're not London. That's Davalex. That's Davalex. Techniques have featured on Worst Games Ever, I think, more than once. I'll tell. I'll Google now what they what they made. I know the name. Uh, two Techniques games. Uh, Modern Vintage Gamer found a mysterious third title called LT Demo. This would end up being Crash vs Spyro Racing, which you can play right now on an emulator as MVG has shared all of the files. It's bare bones and clearly unfinished, given that it's a cancelled game, and you don't even play as Crash or Spyro in the build. Just two generic racers. Ride to Hell Retribution. That's the one. Uh, also, are they in Newcastle? Is that them? They might be. I thought you. Te- I thought Ride to Hell was made in the UK. Big uh, Pimp My Ride. That's yeah. One. 007 Racing. Good. They've made done that. multiple worst games ever. I think they're in Gateshead. Can you check? Yeah, I'll have a look. Find out. Uh, there are crates scattered along the track, which are clearly from Crash Bandicoot, even making the same sound effect when smashed. Digging it crashed. When digging into the directory, MVG also found a folder called Video, which had a movie file. This would be the intro cinematic, which you can watch by skipping ahead to 349 in the video below. You can't do that. We see several Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon characters revving at the starting line, ready to begin racing. Once they're driving and competing for the number one spot, the emphasis shifts to the rivalry between the titular two. Yeah, they're in Gateshead. Wikipedia says based in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, but... They're in Gateshead. I thought, I remember that being a science fact from the Ride to Hell video. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Gateshead. There we are. Well, Peter, of course, you know all about this as a big Spyro and Crash fan. What do you, what do you make of it all before we start talking about preservation? I got a message um, from Ashton Matthews who said, my Ben MB has just sent me this and said, this is, this is for Peter or something. And he sent it to me and uh, well, it, Sure doesn't look particularly good. I mean, we are talking about a game from many, many years ago, but that opening cutscene is creepy. Um, yes. And and also bad. Like, not only did both the characters just look off, they basically look like the post-PS1 Crash and Spyro, because that's what we're talking about here, mm. where, you know, the moment that they there was a tech upgrade, there was seemingly a massive downgrade in their appearance. Yeah. Um, but in the background, so it's those two on the starting line, sort of out the front, like being rivals, kind of going, grr. I'm going like, to beat you. Yeah. Uh, but then behind them, there's a whole row of presumably the other characters in the game, all of whom have basically the same actual shape, um, but just different sort of textures. And none of them look like recognizable Crash or Spyro characters, if you mm. ask me. Um, there's like a green lizard, which could be a Komodo bro, or it could be... Ding, Dingo Dial? He's not, he's not a lizard, no, is he? No, he's got a green tail, but it, it could be from Spyro. It could be some sort of dragon. Yeah. I don't know who it is. All the others, are, I don't even know what they are. There's like one with a big orange head. It's it's weird. It doesn't look that good. Um, you know, we, we know that although Crash Team Racing was very good, yes. there were some other not very good crash driving games no so it's not enough to say oh well it's another kart racer from crash bandicoot so it probably would have been good because well unfortunately the ones that came after ctr also weren't particularly good no i'm sure there's a, a kind of a following style oh there certainly is yeah. but the, having played crashed nitro kart whatever mm. the hell it is yeah. um on ps2 I was so disappointed mm-hmm. um, yeah. when it when that came out. I think I must have got it secondhand. But hey, Big Norm, right? Big, big Norm. norm. Everyone loves Big Norm. They do. Uh, yeah, it's it is that intro cutscene. I think that's the most interesting part because mm. a lot of effort's gone into that. Yeah, and then you see the build, and it is just like it looks like something from Mod Nation Races. It's just a very basic course with a couple of crates that don't do anything when you smash into them. Yeah, some placeholder just, races. Yeah, there's no there's no mascots in there, but they've made this intro cutscene. Mm. I messaged you about it earlier. My favorite 
my favorite thing about it is that the close-ups on Crash and Spyro. Spyro looks weird sat in a cart anyway. Yeah. And then Crash is just a man in a mascot outfit. Yeah, he's got this he's got this this same expression. At least Spyro's like furrowing his brow and like looking around. Yeah, Crash has just got pinched. this unblinking eyes just like staring dead ahead. It's I don't really know which weird. one I hate more is is the the mascot suit Crash yeah. or the Spyro who he everything just cuz he is scowling. Mm. His entire face just looks like it's been squashed down yeah, or something. Yeah, he looks really cross. Yeah. Like he's about to backstab you in a children's Yeah, novel he's not or having something. fun. He like actively is no. really really angry to he be hates I hope these these faces become big enough of a meme. They won't to actually be added as character models oh, to a, to another you know racing game. Yeah, they look exactly like that. Um, well, I have to say first and foremost, I wasn't particularly aware of the modern vintage gamer YouTube channel, but I watched the video in full that he posted about this. I didn't just watch this cutscene, but um, he he like sources just old hard drives this was from a developer kit but i think he probably gets other ones too and he like creates isos like he extracts stuff from them and he's finding all sorts of stuff and he he's sort of closed he kind of wraps up the video by saying hey if you've got like a, a dev kit hard drive or anything if you're happy to send it to me i will like mount it or whatever the word is mm -hmm. and just make it available to everyone he is like a true preservationist and i think he's doing great work yeah. and fancy just finding out about this game out of nowhere just you know years years later however many years it is do we have a year for this roughly uh 2002 to 4 2003 to 4 right, sort yeah. of time so 20 years on yeah this has just been unearthed from some old hard drive somewhere i think and that's this a great was thing. rumored wasn't it like the, it goes on to say in the article and he does talk about it in the video as well mm. that that it was on like a Spanish website or a Spanish oh, yeah, there forum. Was like one reference to someone it. talked about it and said, "Oh, this is a thing," mm. and then silence, like nothing for for over a decade. Well, that's then. where the splash screen comes from. That's not yes. actually from his build that he got from this hard drive. That's uh, yeah, he, that was the one thing that survived from the, a, a previous sort of uh, kind of dump of some of the files from this. That yeah. I think almost everything was then lost except for this title screen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's all all great to see. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think Robin is right. I sort of touched on this last week in an answer to some other question. I can't remember what it was, but um, it is just concern. Oh, it was the the all digital uh, leak yeah. for um, the next Xbox potentially, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's worrying. I think that you know stuff that is, uh, especially if we're if we're talking about cloud gaming as well, not just you know so there's there are different levels of like uh kind of difficulty and preservation i imagine so if it's something that's literally on a hardware on a disc you can put that disc into a pc and take anything off it and then you've got it and it's preserved if it's then a digital app that's installed on your system i imagine there are still ways to extract that pretty much wholesale from a console um and still preserve it in some way shape or form mm. um so that's kind of the next step when we get to a, perhaps a generation of consoles that has no disk drive and everything is digital apps but then when we go one step further and things aren't even actually playing from your device and we're on to cloud gaming which in perhaps in a couple of generations time we no one will have apps on their own system anymore it might all be do you remember when we used apps elsewhere cringe yeah awkward sad downloading um, god patches functionality um ownership yeah <laughs> agency um but uh so that might be where things get really tricky because you 
just don't have access to the the component parts of a video game. Mm. And so at what point then, or in what way then, are we able to preserve these things? I don't know, and it is concerning. Yeah. Um, I mean, it on a very personal, selfish level, it matters a bit less to me because... Uh, Part of preservation for me is is very much a, a nostalgia thing, yeah. and most of my nostalgia, certainly at the moment anyway, stems from a period of time where everything was just on hardware, and it is easy to preserve now. Yeah. Um, maybe in you know thirty years' time, I will have nostalgia for the twenty twenties or the twenty thirties, um, and I will be sad that oh those games don't uh, exist anymore. But uh, probably less so than how I feel about my actual childhood. So for me. I'm all right, Jack, as they say. Like, Do I, they? They do, apparently. I don't know who Jack is. Who says that? Who is that? It's like an idiom is this from, another... from about 100 years ago. Okay, it's not, like yeah. a new, it's not like an Ashton Matthews no, thing. No, it's that, not. Where she no. says it really confidently, and I'm like, who's saying that? Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I'm all right, Jack. It just means, you know, doesn't bother me. It, like, in my personal situation, I'm not affected as Jack, much by this. Jack, we're, we're, we're all right. Thank you, Jack. However, back off. My children, Jack, are not all right because no. their games will be harder to preserve, and that, yeah. in a non-selfish, objective way, is very sad and troubling. But will they have a world to inhabit? Well, that's maybe perhaps something that is a bigger. So problem should for we? Them. So should we not bother? Yeah. You know, does anything matter? No. That's ultimately, if you get to the real crux of it. Yeah. Does anything matter? The world is on fire. No. But who's going to preserve? you know, Crash Team Racing 2. Who's going to preserve us? Because we aren't. I don't know. Is Crash going to do it? Well, the good thing is... Let it burn, is what what I say. Set fire to the tapes. If we do live and the world doesn't burn and we all get uploaded into like a Fallout 3-style Tranquility Lane uh, world, Mm -hmm. then in that simulation, we will be able to make it so that we do have because it's all just brainwaves isn't it and your dad's a dog yeah your dad's a dog and they can zap it so that hey don't worry uh the last of us part three has been preserved even though it was just uh, a cloud gaming game yeah it it exists in this world um but what if it's not the one not the true one and they've just said don't worry it exists and they give you something else and you don't that's what i'm saying that's almost what i'm saying though (sighs) even if it's not actually been preserved you'll be fine so existential You'll be fine, Jack. Leave it. Drop it. Yeah. He swore. How do you... Jack, I can't. <laughs> You've got to stop. How do you feel? Um, I, this is so interesting. Like I, I love this kind of stuff. And mm. I feel very much the same way in that a lot of the stuff that I'm nostalgic for is the stuff I want to see preserved, which is why I always find it so interesting. There was a weird news we got sent this week, but I, I had already seen it and watched a whole video about it. Uh, someone managed to restore a like one of the only unofficial pokemon games oh, that yeah, was official that. it was news. like a weird web browser game and you could move around this 3d world and there were sprites in it and stuff mm-hmm. it's really interesting and it was made as part of a marketing budget by warner bros for the pokemon the movie 2000 right and then nintendo saw it and thought well we said you could do marketing but like not make games we don't like th- don't do that and so they pulled the plug right and then it was gone and someone's managed to rebuild it and and Amazing. and bring it back to life. And equally, there are demos for like from trade shows for Pokemon Gold and Silver in really early stages that are now available online because someone found it and they were able to save it and upload it for people to play. And it's 
unmistakably Pokemon Gold, but very different to the final game that came out. Like really interesting stuff. There's, um, a, there's a web page. I can't remember the name of it now, but they went through this whole thing. It was called Project Something or Other, where they basically got a load of people uh, who were in the industry, like journalists. Mm. Do you have any review copies for games? Uh, that might have old builds that weren't the ones that we actually got. Okay. Um, even just by a few weeks, because these things, these builds are dated. And some people are saying, like, I received this for review, like two weeks before the game was actually shipped. Mm. And th there are sometimes like some really big differences in these yeah. builds. It's amazing. I was uh, something I I did relatively recently when I was playing. Uh, what's it called? Not Redfall. The other one they made that was good. Uh, it's called Deathloop. That's oh, it. Yeah, Deathloop. that one. I was playing Deathloop, and I had a bug where I couldn't because I got the platinum trophy in it, but I got a bug uh, where I couldn't get one of the trophies to pop, which was really annoying. And so I, re I reverted. It's some games now, and I hate this. They they're only compatible. Like your save date is only compatible yeah. with the latest patch. Fortunately, not so in that case. So I was able to roll back the patches, like delete the game right. and put it back in and cancel the patches, and. Um, some of the loot drops were a different color oh. uh, than they were in like the release day version. Yeah. So that stuff does happen. Mm. And recently, because I am a big nerd, I have actually been buying some of the um, the promo copies for PS3 games. Oh, yeah. Because I had quite a few from when I was reviewing PS3 games. And they're basically just white discs mm. with the red PlayStation 3 logo on it. And it says the name of the game. Like, this is what they used to send out in like little plastic jewel cases. Yeah. And I just thought I'd quite like to have the ones that like are significant to me. So mm. I've got Little Big Planet and I got Warhawk and I'm trying to track down Resistance Fall of Man and Motorstorm, which are two of the launch titles. Um, but you're right, like those those will be slightly different. Yeah. Um, especially if the the review code for Resistance Fall of Man and Motorstorm are US versions, because that came out way before it well, did in yeah, the UK. That as well. So yeah. yeah, it's it's super fascinating. In in this case. And in the case of like demo builds and that Pokemon game and stuff, these are games we were never meant to see. Mm. I suppose the the Pokemon game, the web browser one, that's good to preserve because that did actually come out. But like the demos and this build of Crash versus Spyro, this stuff was never meant to be seen by us. So mm. it's it's a nice bonus to see it and have it preserved. That's really lovely. Yeah. But we could have gone our whole lives without ever knowing it existed and that would have been fine. The real problem, as you say, are the games that actually do release yeah. and that are getting harder and harder to preserve especially online games uh you know fallout 76 is something we just talked about in the last question and i played a lot of that when it came out and it was broken yeah. but i did enjoy it part of me would have liked if there was some sort of offline mode because it would have been a bit more stable and it would have been probably a bit easier to play but that game is so different now compared to where it was when it came out which version do you yeah. preserve mm -hmm. and also how do you get it running when the servers are off? Some clever people have managed that. Yeah. A lot of MMOs still exist and you can get them running, but it's offline. And I think even Warhawk, which had its servers turned off a long time ago, still, if you play it online, still has servers available because people have worked out how to run their own servers. So you, st you can still get into a multiplayer game of Warhawk. The servers are embargoed outside of NATO. They are. You're not allowed in them, though. Um, but... The point being, it's only going to get harder. Yeah. And um, the more nebulous video games become as we lean more into live service and games that develop and evolve over time, 
it's going to be hard to even know what one you want to play, like Minecraft, for example. Yeah. Which version? There's a good chance that unless you want to roll it all the way back to the very first version of Minecraft or very early versions of Minecraft, the only reason you will roll it back is if you want to play a particular mod mm. that is only compatible with a certain version of the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are all available. Yeah, those are all. I've actually played an older build because I was like, I don't know what half of this stuff is now. I don't even want it in my game. Yeah. I, I don't want to be encountering weird like entities as I explore the world. I just want to understand. So, I yeah, like a year ago, maybe I played an older build. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, um, it's ironic in a way that like as technology improves it actually gets harder to preserve stuff. You kind of, it, it feels counterintuitive. Like as we get better at this kind of thing, we should then have no issue. Like, cause it, it's like an issue with them. Um, uh, you know how the BBC, the, the, like loads of lost shows and stuff because mm -hmm. they weren't just weren't able to preserve stuff in the 60s and 70s and they yeah. were like taping over old stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and and now they preserve every single thing they, they do. Um, and you feel like that should track in other industries as well. Like, yeah. uh, we now have the capability to preserve everything in the video game world. No, we don't. It's going the the opposite way almost mm -hmm. because it all, is all just becoming digitized from from the beginning, and we don't always have access to every aspect of that digital game. So, it's worrying, uh, particularly for those who uh, will have a nostalgia for current games or games that are yet to come. Yeah. And what is what are the ownerships? What's the ownership situation with games that are free to play? You yeah, know? because there's an argument to be made that if you purchase a disc, it's yours, mm. and the stuff on it is yours. Yeah. But if it's a an app that you download and you haven't played for, can you legally can you rip the files? Yeah. And and if you were to like, would it hold up in court if you really tried to push for access to that stuff? Mm. Probably not. I don't. It's going to get messy, yeah. Uh, but fortunately, there are some excellent people doing great work yeah. out there. So, uh, yeah. and I, do, I wouldn't even know where to start. No. So there we are. You can see our whole careers on YouTube. That's preserved mm -hmm. until YouTube starts deleting old videos. So yeah, taping over old shows. Uh, let us know, of course, what you thought about all the things we've discussed today in the comments below and various other places around the internet, just like youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. It's where all of our content goes out, all of our videos on YouTube and almost all of our streams on Twitch. We occasionally do a special stream on YouTube. Um, and uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, part of that deal is a Twitch sub, uh, no extra cost. So you can spend that on us if you like. Twitter.com, Facebook, uh, sorry, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for our social media profiles. And Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. There are loads of tiers there, um, but you should especially perhaps look at the $5 tier because that's very good uh, value. Um, but, you know, there's others as well. Maybe yeah. you should look at those too. You absolutely should. TripleJU.MP is a place where you can find everything that Peter's just mentioned and more things as well, like Cameo and stuff. If you want a Cameo, uh, that is our website, TripleJU.MP, TripleJU.MUP. Uh, why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and we'd really appreciate it if you do that. It doesn't cost you a penny and this show's free. So go go do that, please. Yeah. Just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once again. Let me just get it up here. 
So the crossover of the century is coming your way, Peter. Yep. Uh, for enjoyers of an upcoming action horror title and 90s BBC decorating show Changing Rooms. It'll be launching as DLC that'll swap out the player character to id- character. It is, of course, Lawrence Llewellyn Wake. Changing Rooms. Yeah. Lawrence Llewellyn Wake 2. Great. There we are. We're done. We'll see you in the next one, everybody. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.